Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Scripts on Scripture. We are in season two. And I have a very special guest today. This is Stephen Robertson. Honestly, it's kind of funny to have you on the show because I feel you're more my brother than... I feel than- <laughs> a lot like your brother. I was going to say, I love your family. I mean, your kids. It's sort of your funny. Your husband like, is like a brother to me. How do I, I introduce mean- this man? He's he's my brother. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. So, um, But you are a, an incredible worship leader. I know. I We come to your house often. We eat together <laughs> yes. often. Known uh, each other for... Oh, Lord, it's going on 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. Coming up in 12 years. <laughs> I'm used to being on camera with your husband yep. a lot and yep. uh, as Actually, being a part of a team together. I don't know together. if we've ever been on camera. No, no, this is this is <laughs> our first now. With lights and everything. I'm and usually behind the scenes or in the congregation. And we've got a microphone in front of you. Uh, that's right? true. That's <laughs> it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, because normally I'm writing behind the right. scenes. I feel like worship leader is is your identity. So this conversation is a little bit stacked. Like the deck is a little bit stacked because <laughs> yeah, right. talking about worship. We get to talk about worship. A Thank worship you. leader. Putting that in my yes. It's like asking Steph Curry to shoot a, th- uh, like a three yeah, point yeah. you know shot. I'm like, I can do this. You you got this. No, I had a little bit of an odd question for today's episode because I've heard it asked in the reverse. I've heard it asked if an unbeliever can worship. And I thought it was a kind of, a, that was kind of a strange question. Cause I'm like, why would you want to like, what, right. what yeah. would compel you to worship if you're not a yeah. believer kind of flipped the question to as a believer, if you have a personal relationship with Christ, like that's what I would term a believer. Is it necessary to worship? Like, Ooh. What, yeah. what, what's important about that? Right. I asked that question partly because as a worshiper, when I'm in the congregation, I try and tune out everything around right. me. That's really why I close my eyes, just to, yep. to not be observing anything else going around me. But, you know, we've all observed other people worshiping and seen plenty of people who look bored stiff. I mean, I'm sure, sure yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's kind of a downer when you're yeah, the right. one leading worship, <laughs> but participate. Come yeah, on. exactly. Exactly. But I mean, and I'm not just talking about people who are new to right. church, but I'm talking about people who I know profess Christianity mm-hmm. and, um, and claim to be a believer. And so when I see them very disinterested week after week, I had to kind of, wonder like, okay, well, is there, you know, is that a statement of their faith or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what is it that's so important about worship? So I kind of wanted to get into that today, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you at what point did you realize, like, I want to be a worship leader? I will. Well, I think like to your point earlier, it's people have been created to right to pour out or to boast about something like you know we've always we're always gonna boast about something a favorite team a favorite song we're we were just created with this idea to uh bring something Mm -hmm. up raise something up uh and to make much of something and so i have uh, my parents were saved uh, out of when I was like one. Okay. And so since I can, as early as I can remember, uh, I've been serving the church in different ways okay, and yeah. watching my parents serve the church in different ways. And uh, but as early as I can remember, also uh, getting my first real plug in was someone reaching out to me and pulling me into. Uh, music and congregational okay. music. And so I played drums throughout uh, a lot of my early childhood and uh, okay. high school and college okay. uh, for my local church. Which is funny because the first time I ever heard you lead it, you were singing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere right. near the drum cage. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So, uh, and then that, that turn just kind of happened through uh, just through some amazing connections and people who called more and more out of me until uh, people were able to see this other thing in me, uh, just an anointing and an authority to get behind a microphone, which for a drummer, who wants to, no one, no drummer (laughs) really wants to do that. Very few, uh, very few drummers want to have a microphone in front of them. 
and uh, to, but to pull that out of me and my yeah. love and my heart for the church. And so I guess when I was about 25, okay. that was when this realization came where okay, yeah. um, I had this word, defend the bride. It wasn't lead worship. It was defend yeah. the bride. Yeah. And, um, and so I began to do that under this yeah. uh, umbrella of min- music ministry. Yeah. And so music ministry kind of yeah. became that umbrella and where my giftings and my strengths were. And so that's kind of how I fell into, and then uh, the weekly gatherings of the church and yeah. community well, that's, worship. That's really interesting too, like the defend the bride and to do that through worship is such a beautiful demonstration of what it means to worship sure, because yeah. you're, you're directing all your attention back to, to God. Right. And, and ultimately that's the purpose of the church. Right. So yeah her defense that, I mean, in, in my opinion, like even just theologically speaking, the defense of the bride, that would be the most appropriate response. Like there is no other, right. like you, there's no other more important function than to worship God. But that brings us back to the question of what is so important about worship. And, yeah. and I, for me, honestly, like when I was thinking about this, I, I, I can't but help, but feel like, um, as a Christian, like you said, we're compelled to bring honor and, and glory to a number of things just as human beings, but as a Christian, mm-hmm. compelled to worship God for who he is. And and all that is is good and great, but right. then it comes back to, but how do you do that? Right. You know, what, and, and it looks so different for different people. Right. I mean, I am not a vocalist. I <laughs> do not claim to be, do not profess to be. Um, I like it when the music's loud in church because then I can't hear myself and I don't get distracted yes. by the fact that I Which am not Which is the great. purpose. That's why it is so loud. If you've ever wondered, why is church so why, loud? Why? It's to hide, kind of let everyone hide in the mix of everything. I love it. I love it. I love it because I'm like, then I don't get distracted by my yeah. own self. But um, but it does it does look different. And I think that I think that it's a, a conversation that we don't often have. And I know that oftentimes people can end up quarreling about Right. These things. And so sometimes I think we avoid the conversation because we don't want an argument. But there are so many beautiful forms of worship that I don't think are often recognized. I I think about Bezalel. Bezalel, what's the reference? I wrote it down because yeah. I knew I was going to forget. In Exodus. Okay, so in Exodus 36, Bezalel is one of the first people in Scripture to be said was filled, well, with, filled with the yeah, Spirit. Yeah, filled with the Spirit, yeah. I love this. But... He was called by God to essentially decorate. Right. Decorate. <laughs> I mean. Essentially, yeah. He decorates the Ark of the Covenant. And, it, and it's beautiful. Like, I'm not going to argue that at all. But at the same time, it's like, he's not singing. Right. He's not playing an instrument. He's not dancing. Like, there's so this many. art. Yeah, yes. exactly. Spirit-filled artistry. Yes, exactly. And it's the first time that we kind of see, like, that's right. It's the first right, time. It's, really cool. it's not even like, I mean, yeah, we have um, Miriam's song, and yeah. we have a few examples of, of music. Right. But nothing that's truly organized. Right. Like, you you don't have the Levites really taking charge yet. Yeah. You're, th- this is beginning stages for right. the Israelites. And, and he's said to be filled with the Spirit. And he decorates. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so then what other forms are we overlooking? That's why, yeah, I think worship is really this big umbrella. I mean, how many uh, different words in the Bible, or I guess Hebrew words, yeah. do we kind of just substitute the word worship yes. in for, right? There's so, so many. many different things of, yep. um, like, just, it's really posture yes. and hands, clapping, yes. dancing. There's a word for dancing. And, yep. and so sometimes we just kind of put in a generic word, worship. Yep. Yep. When there's like a specific, uh, I love, there's actually a worship word for humility. Yep. And I love, I love that. Like he sees through so yep. many of the things that we put out there because he's looking at the heart, he's right? Looking at the heart. But the only thing he won't deny is the heart, right? That's the thing that exactly. he won't deny in, exactly. in our worship. He can deny the, the, the art or yep. the, the music yep. or even the posture, yep. he sees through the, all of that and he gets to the heart to and the he heart. says, oh, a humble yep. heart, I'll never deny. Exactly. I'll never deny that. Exactly. And so, but you're right, there's this huge umbrella of worship and so many things that kind of yeah. fit under there, so many postures, so many... Um, uh, so many things that kind of get to sit under that umbrella yeah, that we yeah. don't really talk about. Well, and I think that, I think, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, but I would rather be worshiping with people who are 
less talented but more full of that heart, full of the spirit. Yeah. I would so much rather enter into worship with with people who maybe don't sound the best or whatever, but they have the right heart. Yeah. Because if I'm up there with somebody whose heart is for the attention to be on themselves. I was reading a book because I was actually writing, I was working on a project that had to do with worship. And I was reading a book and the worship leader, he, he got so vulnerable. And he was talking about how as a worship leader, he found himself in, in a place where the praise and the gratification he got from doing the ministry of his life was um, sidetracking him. He mm. found himself, he preferred to be at church doing ministry than dealing with the complicated stuff happening at home. Wow. And he got so vulnerable about it. And he, he was so honest that, I mean, I had to sit back and go, man, like, I mean, it's true for any any form of worship, you know, I consider my writing an act yeah, of worship. Absolutely. But when you get to a place where you kind of substitute that that feeling of um, accomplishment or gaining ground, or rather deal, rather you know, be absorbed in that, then you know maybe the awkward phase your kid is going through. You know, yeah, like sure. The, 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 the toddler at home who's terrorizing right. your home, you know, that, that, um, it can get really complicated that way. Yeah, sure. But again, like you said, God's looking at the heart. Mm-hmm. And so if what we're bringing him is anything less than that, um, it's not worship anymore. Right. Yeah. It's not worship. Yeah. And so, okay. What is the most awkward form of worship that you have witnessed? Oh, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to corporate worship, yes, yes. I think, you know, the idea of corporate worship sometimes, and here's, here's real quick, sorry to go <laughs> off and get kind of like, I think maybe, and even just American culture, mm-hmm. we've, we can, <clears throat> we've potentially strayed from some of the benefits of like reminding ourselves what corporate worship's yeah. all about. Cause corporate worship, even in the new Testament, when we were instructed, when you get together, sing songs yeah. and those things, yeah. there was, it was such a part of the culture. Totally. Like, uh, Absolutely. the Bible talks about after the last supper, they sing a song. Yeah. Like Jesus sang yeah. a song. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of him <laughs> singing a song with 11 fishermen and tax collectors, like just these <laughs> yeah. dudes, like He's these like guys, like, dudes. Hey, now we're going to sing. <laughs> A song, like <laughs> Jesus, like just lays it all this stuff yes. down, yes. like, and everyone's like super confused, oh, and Peter's like point, so discouraged, and like now let's sing a praise <laughs> to God. Like, You're gonna betray me. Yeah. You're gonna deny me three times. Now let's sing a song. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know, Judas is out. You know, yes, and everything. So, yeah. He's like, all right, now that he's gone, he was the bad singer. <laughs> oh, no, we're gonna sing a song. Like it's such a just a part of the culture, and I'm like, yeah. I I don't think I've ever. I didn't grow up yeah. singing around the dinner table. Brooke, my wife, did. She tells oh, me about man. times that they used to sing around the dinner table no, or sing not. in the car. You know, I... Steve Green. Uh, <laughs> was it Steve Green? He reigned supreme. <laughs> yes, Steve Green I reigned supreme that. in their car. You know, okay, and, yeah. uh, and it's, it was such a cultural thing. And I think people have kind of missed out on yeah. a little bit of that. And like, oh, yeah. the cultural thing for us is to get together on Sunday and sing. Yeah. But if if I feel compelled well, to. It's, it's, get involved. It's know? even like in, in instances of victory, like Miriam's song, Deborah's song, those are instances of victory. Oh. And it was not an unnatural or or out of place response to just suddenly break into song. Yeah. And Mary's and, song. Oh, yep. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Just an encounter with God and or an encounter yep. of victory, like you said. Yep. And just the heart's response yep. to I just have to praise. I just have to sing. It just kind of bubbles out. And Do you think that in some regards that is very much a, a Western, westernized kind of cultural response? Because I, I look at, you know, so many of the, the stories in the Bible, the response was so visceral, tearing of clothes, rending yeah. of garments. How would you say? A very animated response. Right. And I kind of feel like we're a lot more guarded in Western culture, very, you know, you, you put on a strong face, right? You know, I mean, even like it almost varies. If I think it varies, especially in denominational culture and how you grew up. Right. True. Uh, because there are some very demonstrative, like just big responses for all of that. And then you have some very more, you know, you you could, you could call it reverent. Part of my church experience was hymnals. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was that was my wife's. And in church, you were, you know, yeah, it, it was you. You wore your your church best, <laughs> and you sat very quietly in the pew. Yeah, <laughs> and it's um, yeah. David is known for his uh, praise. Yeah, but then you kind of forget when like. When Sa- uh, Samuel comes to him and yep. says, "Hey, you've you've actually sinned against the Lord," yep, and he does. He tears his clothes yes. and he goes into mourning. You could actually back that up as an act of like repentant Absolutely. worship. He's seeking God. Yes, he's seeking God. He's God make my heart right. Yep, all of that is yep. is an act of worship. Like, hey, let's put that. Absolutely. let's put that under worship. That's that's an um, God. I've sinned against I you. I mean, because the I've, whole point is to. Right. Seek God to be in his presence. That is right. the entire point of worship. Otherwise, like we're just getting together for right. a kumbaya. That's what he fest. says in that Psalm 50. Yes. He's like, uh, everything else could be like, you can reject everything else. But God, my, if my heart is clean, yep. contr- my spirit is broken, contrite yep. heart, God, you yep. will not deny. Exactly. And so let me turn that and let's put that under the umbrella of worship. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. Um, in terms of in terms of worship that, that can seem kind of foreign to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember, and this is totally a random rabbit trail. I, I remember uh, the first time that I saw someone uh, waving a flag in in a church service. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I mean, she was going to town. Just, just, um, and I honestly, I, <laughs> I'm just being totally yep. honest here. Um, yes. It seemed very strange to me. Um, but yeah. I got a little convicted as I, as I, I even thought that, like, what in the world is she doing? I got convicted in my spirit. And as I watched her, I realized that that meant a lot to her. Yeah. Like she was very sincere Yep. and, and very much in a posture of worship. Yeah. And, um, and so honestly, it kind of convicted me that day. I really, I felt like I, I learned something about God. Like when, when, um, when we're, when we're called to worship, like it's going to look a lot different. Yeah. For each one of us. Sure. I know for me personally, and like I have a, a background in dance. So for me personally, there's something that that very much ministers to me yeah. um, when I see dance that is that is brought in in the form of worship. Right. Um, and and I and it's it saddens me because I think that that's an that's one of those art forms that um, culture has really robbed us of. Yeah. So many ways that it's misused in society. And right. so it gets this reputation for being vulgar or, um, objectification and distracting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it saddens me simply because I know when I see it done right, that it speaks to me and there's something about it that is so, um, so beautiful because we are his creation. And so when we use the tools that he's given us and we use the giftings that he's given us in a way that honors him, um, there's something just really incredible that right. we learn about him through that. Yeah. You know, because why else would he give you that gift if it wasn't to turn around and, and glorify him right. with it? You know, that's that's really, truly awesome. Yeah. When you when you really think about it that way. So, and then I just remembered, that's why you asked that question. Like, <laughs> what's the most awkward? <laughs> the most awkward. I'm like, you know what? But I've seen, because in corporate settings, <laughs> you know, it's like, excuse me, we're here to sing. Yes. We're here to sing right now. Yes. We're not here to... Yes. Throw ribbons around over here, oh, you know, because exactly. you've seen it all, right? You've oh. seen ribbons. Yes. We get the occasional dancer. Someone will sneak their tambourine. <laughs> and it, actually, I was like 20 years old. I was part of a small plant church uh, in my college town, yeah. Denton, Texas. And we basically took over an old church building. Okay. okay. And so we were going into this church building for the first time. And we go back behind uh, the stage. There's this little room and there's there were so many filing cabinets and I opened up a filing cabinet and it looked like the pastor had been confiscating uh, tambourines from people. And I found like just file drawers and file drawers of tambourines. Either they handed them out. Someone was determined. Or someone who kept bringing a tambourine and the pastor would be like, listen, no tambourines. (laughs) We're singing today. No tambourines. We're not doing tambourines today. My mom actually used to play tambourine. We we were part of a church plant after the, the hymnal church. Um, we were part of a, a small church plant, and my parents actually led worship, and yep. my mom played the tambourine. So yeah. I have very vivid memories. I of- love tambourine. <laughs> just a note. 
I occasionally use one sometimes. Yeah, you do. Just on my one. foot. I'll like step on it and just have a two and four so people know when to clap you if get... it's just an acoustic. Yeah, just so help people hunch. clap. And so, so, so back to your strangest though. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a, do we have a strangest? strangest? My (laughs) wife serves with me all the time. I'm trying to think if I have a strangest. We did have a gentleman who was, um, what is, what is that? Like a, not a trolley, a, a scooter who was on a scooter and at the end of the, yeah, well, just like, um. Yeah, he couldn't walk very well. Oh. And so he was using a scooter, okay. like a um, one of those three-wheel yeah. or four-wheel yeah. little scooters to get around. Yeah. And just for mobility. And at the end of the service, we're, we're actually not even in worship quite yet. Yeah. We're doing an altar call. Yeah. And he was so excited about the <laughs> altar call that he did he started doing laps. No. In his scooter, though. And <laughs> doing laps in his scooters, but he was yelling and hollering and... <laughs> He grabbed my, he, he went for my microphone. Oh. I mean, our platform was only like a foot off the plat, off the ground. And at one point he, he needed wow. to testify what God was doing in his life. And he wanted my microphone. Okay. And so enthusiasm. he was reaching out, the enthusiasm. He was so excited, <laughs> reached out to grab my microphone. And what did just, you do? I actually just stepped down. Cause again, it's only a foot. I stepped down. <laughs> I gave him a big hug, held my microphone way, way, way out here. <laughs> And just hugged him. I was like, you know what? Whatever the Lord is doing in your life right now, I feel like that was a good way to handle that experience. (laughs) I'm just gonna hug you. Tell me, tell me what what's God doing in your heart? What's going on? Yeah. And while the pastor was kind of wrapping up service, and so you know, as a worship team, we were up there to support, and he had a word, and so you know that, and you know, we we've trying to make a place because sometimes, yeah, there's that personal. Yeah. Just desire. Hey, I need to dance. Yeah. One of our campuses that I've uh, led worship at. We actually had a spot. We had a space. Oh, that's awesome. That we wanted to create for. Yeah. You know, that didn't take away from what the corporate church was doing. Like yeah, because you can't always dance when you're in between rows of chairs. Like that's, Yeah. That, They're like, know. hey, let me just get up in the middle of everyone yeah. and, <laughs> and dance or, you know, which. So, again, I love and there's a place <laughs> for that. Definitely. And uh, just trying to be intentional about yeah. those at the same time yeah and absolutely again we're we're trying to eliminate distractions we want people to focus in and we're trying to invite yeah. them into this place where they're declaring the glories yeah. and the faithfulness and uh of god and making sure we're trying to get people to look up yeah and uh but sometimes as they're on their way up and all of a sudden something flashes before their eyes they kind of bring come back down what is yeah, happening exactly you know? exactly because the church wasn't leading them or the yeah. leadership wasn't leading them in this direction we were trying yeah. to lead them into something else and, so. and it's like anything else you know it can become a distraction it doesn't necessarily even start from that place right. but it can become a distraction right. you know it's sure. it's lights it's it's even you know yes. music it's right. it's whatever yeah. you know piece or part of of the worship service right. and and i think you're right like we have to just make sure that our hearts stay in that place postured of, of why we're there in the first place, right. you know, but, but it kind of goes back to the, the question, what's so important about it? Because we know that God doesn't need anything. Right. Yeah, that's right. God doesn't require anything to exist. Mm-hmm. So what, what is, but he does require us to worship. Like it's right. a command. Yeah. It's even reiterated. Jesus even, even, um, reiterates the command to worship. Yeah. So we know it's important. Right. We know it's required of us. Yeah. Whatever form it might take. Right. But why? I wonder if, one, just, again, breathing right now, just even talking about the things of God, it's, it's actually not maybe just the verb, but just being. Like, yeah. God created us to be worshipers, and that's what we're going to do. So if you're going to worship anyways, like when you come under a revelation of who Jesus is and what God has done and the story that um, he has written us into and the family that now we have been grafted into, uh, that just redirects my life, my worship into that Romans 12, you know, with everything I do. Yep. I'm going to actually live it as my, the sacrifice that I'm bringing uh, is now going to be one dedicated yeah. to the kingdom of God and the kingdom that he is building yeah. here on earth. So yeah. uh, in my waking up, 
And then in my singing and serving in my mm-hmm. family, serving my family and all yeah. that, that's when all that, the big umbrella of worship. Yeah. And then the little umbrella, like the little worships, which is the, yeah. the Hallel and the yep. um, Tehillah mm-hmm. and the, the Shabbats and the Selahs and all those little yep. the old Hebrew words of worship and all those little moments of clapping and dancing and praising yeah. and, um, and just reflecting and repenting and those kinds of things. They, yeah. all, fit, they all fill into those yeah. gaps there and those offerings. And so and what would you say to someone, because I've heard this before. Um, what would you say to someone who says, well, I worship on my own. I, you know, I worship as an individual. Yep. I don't need corporate worship. I would say, yes, worship <laughs> on your own. Absolutely. You should. You should. But I wonder if that should also draw you to like worship with people. I, my faith, I, it grows yeah. when we're together. Yeah. Uh, the spirit, yes. uh, the spirit of God Yes. Came in Acts Absolutely. over a people who were just waiting gathering. as they were gathering and expecting. singing and expecting and yep. talking about the Lord. Yep. Uh, they were waiting and the spirit came upon them. And, yeah. and so we move not yeah. as individuals, we're the body of Christ. And right. so, yeah, let's stay connected to the body. You're going to be healthier yeah. when you're connected, when you're worshiping. When you're praying yeah. around a table with people, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. just like we did before this podcast, just a couple of us in a room praying, like yeah. we're worshiping together. And yeah, we, uh, it can be a little maybe intimidating to people to come in, like you said, and yeah. I'm going to sing around yeah. people I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have people in front of me and yeah. beside of me that I may <laughs> not know. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the barrier that we also try and break. You yeah. should never be around um, not never, I should say, uh, you shouldn't be a stranger for long. Yeah. If yeah. you're doing, if you're coming into a church, uh, I think the goal shouldn't be like, how can I get in and out the fastest, Yes, you know, because yes. then, then it will always feel corporate worship yes. will always feel isolated, yes. but we weren't made for isolation. It's true. And so it is more powerful when I'm around people that I know, when I get to worship with people that I know, I'm strengthened by that. And so, yeah, I don't want to be a stranger for long. And you'll notice that some people sit in the same places every Sunday. And so I I almost would say like, if you're finding yourself around the same people, you should take advantage of little moments and find out somebody's name and worship with the people that you will eventually know and yeah. are a part of the church. Yeah. I feel like what you said before about um, the way that the spirit is present in, mm. in, a, in a communal atmosphere. Um, and, and just like, just like, you know, at Pentecost, that um, presence, I feel like a lot of times the reason that God requires our worship has more to do with what he wants to do in us. Mm, yeah. And I, and, I, and I think back to an experience that I had personally. I was dealing with a tremendous loss. And, um, and anyone who uh, has, has lost someone they, they loved deeply um, knows that there are like micro traumas. I don't know if that's even a, a thing, but I'm just yeah. making it up. Um, but there are all these traumatic moments around that loss that kind of come back to haunt you. Mm. And, and I was having a lot of flashbacks. And, um, and just not sure how to navigate it. I mean, grief was just, it, it, grief is a beast that right. is, you know, there's no like right way. Right. And, um, and I was struggling with, um, I was just kept praying about it. Just, you know, God, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, how to get through this. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to forget necessarily, but I, I, I can't keep reliving it. We went to a concert. It was actually a Fred Hammond, Israel Houghton concert. Okay. So world-class musicians. Yeah, let's go. And it starts out, you know, just full-on concert and um, just incredible. And so you, you're, just, you're just enjoying it. Right. But it was literally like I could pinpoint the moment that it switched from concert to worship. And it was, it was night and day. And I was... I was singing at first and then I just was praying. And as I was in that moment praying, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and it took me back in my mind to those moments that I had been reliving each and every one. 
the one that I remember most vividly was the moment that I had to call my sister and tell her to get there as fast as she could. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I kept reliving because the actual uh, statement was so hard to make to say that I think this is it. Right. You know, that was something that I kept going back to and kept reliving. And, um, and God took me there. But when he took me there, he said to me, I'm releasing you. And it was literally like someone had lifted a weight off my shoulders. It was in every single memory. He took me back there and lifted the weight off of me so that I was remembering it. I was there in my mind, but I wasn't in pain. Wow. You know how it says in scripture that, that the Holy Spirit will intercede for you Yeah. Yep. with wordless that. groans. Right, right. That was what it was. Wow. Like, I didn't know to ask for that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that was, how do you pray for that? Right. You know, like, wow. like supernaturally take me back Dude. to, and, and, and then make it not hurt anymore. Like, yeah, how, how do you pray for that? But, but that's exactly what he did. And so I think that sometimes when God is, is requiring our worship, it's like any other commandment that he gives us. It's for our good. Right. It's, it's, it's to free us. Yeah. Which is exactly what he did. Beautiful. So I think that, I think that the, the concept of worship is just as elusive as the concept of a God who comes in person and is both God and man. Right. And dies for our sins and goes back to heaven. Like, like there's so many things about God yeah. that are so difficult to articulate but it doesn't make them not real. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't disqualify their significance in our natural existence. Wow. As, as elusive as they may be, they're still, they're still really real. But you don't experience it. Like, I, I, I could never have experienced that outside of worship. Yeah. That's not something, it's like I said, that's not something I knew to pray for. That's not something I knew to ask for. And, and, but... I guarantee God was, was, was waiting to give it. Right. You know, I mean, he's like any other good father. How many times have you wanted to give your kids something and, and just needed them to have the right attitude or the right heart before you did? Right. You know, I mean, I think about like phases that, that our kids have gone through and, you know, there are seasons where you just think like, oh my goodness, could you just listen? Yeah. You know, like, could you just stop doing X, Y, or Z so that I, th so we could get to a place where this is possible because I have better things for you. You know, right. like I, I want to take you to wherever, you know, the, but, but I need to know that you're not going to do this because that would be dangerous. You can't go to the next level until you, until you submit. And, and I think a lot of times worship is submission. Yeah. What a moment of kindness. Uh, because again, you didn't find yourself going to that place. God drew you in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God drew you in. And my wife says this all the time. Uh, nothing is wasted. No. Nothing is wasted. And to take you into a moment and then say, hey, this one, this one I'm taking from you. Yep. And remember, my yoke is easy and light. Yeah. And so this moment, I I see it in you. Yeah. And I'm going to free you here. Yeah. And I, like, that's, that's, again, that's only by the power of God. Only. And the fact that God would draw you in. Yeah. It's not something that you beautiful. could do on your own. Beautiful. It's not something you could do on your own. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's like so many other experiences. I feel like the older I get, the more things that you experience that you can only have that knowledge or, or, or gain that wisdom through that experience. Like you couldn't have learned that in a textbook. Right. You couldn't have, have learned that just from somebody telling you. Like you had to experience right. it. Otherwise, it's it. But I think that's another thing that's so important about corporate worship, because like you said, your faith is stirred by other people. Yeah. I mean, there there are people in the congregation who have seen and experienced so much more than you or I have. And and when you see their faith, it, it encourages. Yeah. It encourages your own. And when you see the way that they worship, I don't know. I've learned a lot about worship from other people. From from seeing their expression yep. and right. and their their forms of worship and and there are plenty of times where it emboldened mine, wow. you know where I was like, oh, it's okay to, because like I said, you know the first churches I grew up in were very like, you know, you read your hymnal and there wasn't a whole lot of expression, right? And and then you know and then I made friends with um, with people from a much more Pentecostal background. 
and and their expression of worship was so much more um, alive. In 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 yeah. I don't know another way. That sounds like I'm condescending. No, 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 one. totally. I get it. Again, but, like a lot of those things, a lot of the ways we get to corporate worship is a lot of that's learned. Yeah. Maybe not so much like biblical. Yes, exactly. Like the gathering is biblical. The gathering but is biblical. We let culture and yep. a lot of how we've grown up kind yep. of define those exactly. moments a little bit. And so I get that. I, I understand where you're coming from. That's where you know, now we've kind of broken up into like those denominations. It, uh, well, you know, yeah. I, I feel most comfortable worshiping like this or most comfortable <laughs> worship, but you know, <laughs> really we're, we're gathering together to, uh, heart's attention, yep. adoration, yep. uh, on God. So right. There's, we, we've talked about how there, you know, is there a right or wrong, is there, or, yeah. but really again, getting that heart posture, yeah. correct with it, right with Absolutely. him. And, but I do, uh, I do think I love that uh, it is the new believers role. Like, again, remember, God draws you in and he yeah. revelation is his domain. Exactly. But if you're on that journey, you're going to you're actually going to grow in your expressions of worship. Absolutely. A lot of that's going to come from the maybe the gatherings that you, you watch and see around people. Yes. But um, your life is going to grow as you're growing with Absolutely. the Lord. That that revelation and uh, uh, is going to grow. You know, and a lot of times when you let go of the learned version yeah. of worship, yes. um, I found in my own experience that when I allow myself to be less inhibited, I, 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 I feel like there's, there's a freedom that comes with that where I get out of my own way yeah, and, and I'm able to listen a little bit better yeah, because at the end of the day, when, when we worship, it's not about what we're saying to God. It's about what he wants to say to us. Okay. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, the, the songs are beautiful and, yep. and absolutely. I want to, I want to, to choose those wisely. Um, but it's so much more important what he wants to say to us than what we could possibly come up with to say right. to him, yeah. you know? So, you know, I find that different, different forms of worship, different expressions and, and just, just, being less inhibited in worship mm. has allowed me to to listen better, to yeah. to kind of be more be more receptive. Um, but again, like you know, obviously we we keep reiterating this, but but the heart's attention. But I think that a lot of times, um, a lot of times the the inhibitions are much more cultural than because I look at I look at churches around the globe. Yes, and you know, and if you're if you 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 have the opportunity to experience those, um, it's it's magnificent because you know it's like when you hear a song sung in another language. The idea that God understands it just as well as I when we that. sing, like that gives me chills. Yep. I, I I it blows my mind because he's. It just reminds me of how infinite, you know how 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 his knowledge cannot be fathomed. And, and so like his understanding, you know, he understands them just as well as he understands me. That's kind of mind blowing. I love that. That's, that's kind of mind blowing. Again, if you do, if you ever travel and I know, you know, it's so funny, uh, uh, if you can, if you're in another country, like around a time that they're hosting a church service, I always say go Go. or at least walk by and listen to worship. Like just listen to people. Sometimes I'll never forget when I was in college, my parents lived in El Paso for a little bit. Yeah. And we went down into Mexico and they, there was a church service that started and it was a mix of inside and outside because it was such a small yeah. little area. And so I was standing outside and they only really had a bass and a percussion instrument. Yeah. But the people were singing and all of a sudden it was a song I knew. Yeah. I didn't, I knew the song. I knew yeah. the melody, uh, but it was all sung in Spanish and I didn't know Spanish. And, but the Lord was there. Yes. He, the Lord was there. Yes. And people were united around uh, yes. just this moment of boasting about the Lord. And you could, you knew the presence of God was there and it was incredible. Isn't it and, incredible? Oh, so great. It's, it, I love that. I think about, I think about even just like the different worldviews, you know, as I've studied um, the different philosophical perspectives of cultures around the world the way that they articulate what we read in scripture, a lot of times it sounds very different, yeah. but it's the same God. Mm-hmm. It's the same God. 
And, and, and sure, there are at times, you know, major theological differences, but the way that we communicate is, is so much um, a product of, of our experiences, of our, our worldviews, of, um, of our cultural identity. And so there are going to be, um, there are going to be things that we can gain from other people groups, other, other, you know, um, other cultures, yeah. other, because they, because the way that they interact with God might look and sound a little bit different, but that, that just teaches us about who God is, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just as genuine. Like you said, you walk past them and you knew God was there, even though you, you can't understand the words they're saying, right. you, you still, <laughs> you're like, but I know who you're singing about. Yeah. I know who you're talking to. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think it's, it goes back to that whole scene at Pentecost where, you know, at, at that point in time, God had scattered people and, and confused their languages. And this was a uniting factor, right? You know, his presence is the uniting factor, the ultimate uniting factor. So we have, we have that ability that's awesome because that's that's the idea of like corporate worship is yes. this united thing and then the spirit of the Lord is present if he's center exactly then all of a sudden this this uniting thing yes. happens culture everything um, yep every tribe who could every come nation against every tongue mm-hmm. um, what a yeah absolutely yep yep I mean I think about you know the the church um, being you know it says the the gates of hell will not prevail like they they can't come against that when you are united through yep. his spirit. They, there's nothing that the enemy Worship can do. is everyone wearing the same team jersey. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. all of a sudden we're like Yep, yep, no matter what your <laughs> your background. And I think yeah. that um I, when I was when I was thinking of of why Which is why. a Dallas Cowboy jersey by the way. <laughs> it's blue and silver. You had to. No. You can you can no, help no. it. <laughs> you can help I know there's NFC teams represented (laughs) at this table, but I wanted to make sure the the Dallas team, the the star got a little. You had to get that recognition in there. You're so ridiculous. (laughs) You know it's the Bears. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm doing horribly this season, though. Anyways, that's a whole different different episode. (laughs) The Lord's team. I want to be back for that one. (laughs) Yeah, but we're on the Lord's team. We're on the Lord's team. When I was thinking about, though, when I was thinking about, like, what, at the end of the day, what, um, what does God get from worship? And obviously, like mm. I said, I think a lot of times it's more what he wants to, to do in us. But scripture also talks about how God is a jealous God. Yeah. And, and I, think about, I think about what the fall meant for God in terms of relationship. Because we right. were created for relationship. Right. And, and it says over and over in scripture how sin grieves God's heart. And, and how, like, our actions um, have eternal significance. And so at the end of the day, I wonder if, if worship helps ease the pain. Hmm. Because the more God allows time to go on, the more that, it, that there's going to be sin. Right. And the more that he has to suffer because of our disobedience. Right. And, and the more that, you know, I mean, you don't have to look far to find evil in the world. Right. And, and so, you know, so that... That experience, I think a lot of times we look at like the problem of evil as how it affects us. It affects God too. Mm-hmm. And I remember in grad school that point, uh, one of, um, I think it was Millard Erickson, um, made a point of that in, in the one book we were studying. And I just, it kind of smacked me in the face. I didn't really think about that. I didn't really think about like how it would grieve his heart and, and how that's actually like he has to endure suffering with us. Mm. And, um, and I, I, I never really, I never really put it in those terms. It's like when you're disappointed in someone you love, but then they do something that, that blesses your heart. And you mm. know that like, we're still, we're still good. We're still good. Like we're like, you do love me. You do, you know, that, that reminder is so important. I don't know. I don't know. You said relationship. And I was like, oh, you know, we've, we've kind of made real worship synonymous with a lot of different things, but I'm like, oh man, maybe worship is really synonymous with this relationship that God is actually desiring with us. That worship is just part of 
This is part of the relationship that God has created us for and to be united with him through Jesus that that turns that relationship yeah. into just one of worship and one of dedication. Yeah. Like again, worship is dedication. Um, worship is sacrifice. Worship, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, those little things that kind of all interweave in, in relationship and that's what God gets. Yeah. The yeah. thing that we were created for, the, the thing that he created us to walk in the garden yeah. with him yeah. in relationship uh, the thing that we're all pointed towards in yep. heaven, this this relationship that's intertwined together. Yeah, yeah. I think I think honestly, you know, when it talks about him being a jealous God, you know, it can be it can be a little confusing because of the translation. But right. but I think that um, at the end of the day, it just goes back to pursuit. It just goes back to pursuit. Like yes. he never stopped pursuing us, no matter how bad things got you know, his, his heart was always for us. Have you done like study on that word, that jealous word? Is that Exodus ex- yeah, it's 34. an Exodus, right? Cause God is a jealous God. Where you just talking about? Yeah. Let me go to it real but quick. But not, it's not the jealous that we find later on in Corinthians, no. right? Where love is not jealous. This is a different kind of jealousy. Of- this is, yeah, this is do not worship any other God for the Lord. Whose name is, is jealous, right. is a jealous God. It's very, right. um, it's, and, and and this is at the time that he's giving them the the commandments and and all of the instructions in terms right. of his tabernacle and things like that. And it's really actually an interesting moment to express that because the Israelites would have just been coming out of slavery. They would have just been like learning what it is to be a free people because for sure. generations they've known nothing but oppression. Right. And, and an Egyptian culture, exactly. And Egypt, yeah, Egyptian exactly. influence, yep. and all but of they the were supposed to idols, be the people of God. All of the, right. yeah, all of the practices. Um, I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's confusing in the Bible how many times like incest comes up, but the Egyptians believed they were descendant of the gods, right? And so they did practice, right? You know, in, incestual marriages to maintain the deity, the status of deity. Oh, right. And um, it really royally backfires. Archaeology is starting to prove that even King Tut most likely died from a number of maladies that were a result of inbreeding. Oh. Um, anyways, that's a whole different, whole different side tangent. But yeah. but God is instructing His people um, how to live. And, right. and, and, and you and do not belong <clears throat> to the world. You yep. do not belong to yep. this culture. You belong yep. to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're set apart and you're intended to be set apart. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, that, um, and, and to, in order to have a relationship, because again, so many of the things that God instructs his people on have to do with not defiling yourselves, not defiling the land, how he wants to make his dwelling with his people. Mm -hmm. Um, He created them to be um, a kingdom of priests, which I find fascinating because he always intended for us to have that one-on-one connection. But for much of the Old Testament, that was an impossibility because you Mm, hadn't yet been sanctified through the blood of Christ. You had to keep offering sacrifice. And so it wasn't until... Christ died that we were able to become that kingdom of priests, so that we were able to be anointed in the spirit. Yes. And, um, and so there's like a whole different distinction there, but again, that changes our worship. Right. And it's still very much important that we have communal and individual worship, but it changes the atmosphere, um, in, in the sense that you, you are anointed in his presence. Yeah. And until, Christ, you know, you had one man who could enter the Holy of Holies. Right. One. If you weren't that guy, right. you never got to experience right. that. We do. Like, that's incredible. Right. Paul talks about in, I think it's Romans 11. I, I hope I'm not misquoting that. But he talks about how um, you've been grafted in. Yep. But he talks about how that is no reason to be arrogant. He, he talks about do not forget the root. And I think that a lot of times it can be so much easier to study the New Testament 
for sure. Because the Old Testament can get kind of weird. Yeah. Um, some t- and some people, we, we uh, <laughs> often give people, when they uh, accept Jesus at our church, we often give them the New Testament. The New Testament. Like, then some He's people like, are like. Don't get freaked out. Here's no, the New yeah, Testament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some people think, oh, the Bible starts with the book of Matthew. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But it's like. like but, oh, there's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but Paul, in you know, intentionally instructs yeah. them, like, no, you've been grafted in. Right. It's, it's an, it's an honor and a privilege, but it's no reason to boast. Like you don't forget the root. Don't forget, um, don't forget the old Testament right? and, and, and the, the chosen people, the, the Israelites who God set apart because right. there's so much to learn. Right. There's so much to learn. But anyways, I feel like we could talk about this all day long. Sure. <laughs> But I so appreciate you being uh, willing to have this conversation about Absolutely. a very um, elusive topic. No, I, thank you. I love worshiping with you. I love doing life with you. And it's... you make an incredible cup of coffee. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm so excited to, you know, hopefully encourage people in their journey and uh, that yeah. we, we shouldn't pigeonhole worship, right? Yeah. You know, I think yeah. culture can do that. But, you know, to live a life. Yeah. Marked with humility, um, marked with repentance, yeah. marked with uh, just a hunger and thirst for the things of God, yeah. and um, yeah. and worship is kind of the overflow. Again, the the different acts of worship is going to overflow from that, and then don't shy away from the body of Christ. Yeah, uh, join in, join in with songs of thanksgiving and songs songs of praise and worship, and yep. so yep. Where can the people find you? <laughs> uh, well, I am, uh, my family, we are involved in uh, a church. We are uh, pastors at a church called Christ Fellowship here in South Florida, and we are leading worship for our broadcast team uh, for online. So we are found everywhere online, uh, on YouTube and uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we've also made ourselves available uh, through different applications. Uh, but and then, of course, uh, personally, uh, I'm really on Instagram, uh, SWRJ, which are my initials. Swerge. And Swerge. <laughs> so everyone just calls me Swerge. And that was an Australia thing while I, was in, while I lived in Australia for a while. And so just my initials, SWRJ. That's where you'll find me, my family, really, my family. Thanks, Steven. Uh, yeah. So I love I love what God's doing here and just through you and your writing and just watching you dive into scripture and even helping people your friends like understand scripture a little bit more and dive into just the intricacies it's it's never boring to study it's never boring to study but thank you all for for joining us for another episode and look forward to seeing you next time (laughs) 